everyone. Um, I hope everybody's doing okay, looking after yourselves and each other um, and staying safe. Um, so I've just come on to say a prayer. I did have Cooper um, supposed to be helping me, but he has fallen asleep while we were playing hide and seek. So um, maybe he'll wake up and join us towards the end. <laughs> um, so let's pray. Dear God, thank you again that we were able to come together to worship you in this way. Thank you for your amazing power and the work you do in our hearts and our lives every day. Thank you that you're able to bring hope through even the toughest of times, strengthening, strengthening us for your purposes. Thank you that you're always with us and will never leave us. Help us to set our eyes and our hearts on you. Fill us with your peace and joy. During such uncertain, scary, difficult and challenging times for so many of us, I pray you keep us focused on you, Lord, not asking too many questions and just put our trust in you. I pray for all the children who may be struggling during this time of confusion. It's so much harder for them to understand what is going on and we just don't really have a way of explaining it that doesn't sound scary in some way for them. I pray you keep a hand on them and watch over them as you as they navigate their minds through to the new normal, whatever that may be. Lord, we pray this prayer in your name. Amen. And then Cooper was supposed to say Amen at the end too, but he's asleep. <laughs> okay, bye everybody. Hopefully I'll see you soon. Stay safe. Thanks, Tim, for leading us this morning. Thanks, Claire and Cooper, for leading us in prayer. And thank you for joining us this morning online, wherever you might be, whatever time this might be at, whether it's not with us on a Sunday morning or at some other stage of the week, we welcome you to this online service and hope you find encouragement and inspiration from it. Just to tell you about a few things that are happening at the minute around the church, we have our storehouse, which continues on Tuesdays and Thursdays from 1pm to 2pm. And again, they've asked us to provide tinned potatoes for them, so please bring your tinned potatoes along at those times. That follows our prayer and praise, which is available on Facebook and also our podcast. That's from 12 o'clock on Tuesdays and Thursdays and then also at 10.30 on a Sunday morning. We've had some fog videos again this week on Wednesday, Friday and Sunday and we hope you've been enjoying those with your families at various times. Our community work keeps on going in our response group and so we ask you to please pray for that and please use that if you are in need or if you know anyone in need. It's been great to hear some of the stories that have been going on and the connections we've been making as a church into this community which we haven't been able to do previously and so that's a great thanks to Tim for setting up that response and we pray blessings upon him and that group as they seek to do all that they will do. I'm going to continue our service by singing again together. It's a song you'll know you'll have heard it a number of times. Uh, if you don't know it, just follow along or listen to the words uh, as we sing Good, Good Father. Never alone. You're 
last number of weeks of lockdown with this pandemic looming over us with the restrictions constantly being moved and being shifted because we as a church can't gather together we've been going through the book of acts because we've been wanting to see how how to do church how to do church in an ever-changing world which has been a question on many people's lips for a long time because our culture and our society has been shifting over the last number of years many of you might have experienced that maybe in recent years but maybe you've seen that happening over a number of years we've had that shift but even more so in these last number of weeks where this lockdown has been imposed not only on us but on the entire world essentially And we've had to rethink through how we do normal life, how we see and value our family and our friends, how we go about those things that we want to go about, how we go to the shops, how we get the necessities of everyday life, how we see and how we act. We've been thinking through that, and especially as a church, we've been wanting you to think about how we do that in a good and a positive way and in a faithful way 
We don't want to hide away as a church at this time. We want to be a church and a people and people of Christian faith who are able to step out and provide something to the world around us which others can't provide. Bill Hybels always called a local church the hope of the world. We can have doctors, we can have dentists, we can have people to look after our skin. We can get all these things in the world to help us be better people. But true hope is found in the local church. That's what he said. And so in this time of pandemic, in this time of fear and worry, in this time when all kinds of change is happening around us, how we act and how we react as the local church and as people of Christian faith can bring light into the darkness at this time, can bring joy out of grief, and can be hope and beauty in the midst of hopelessness and despair. And so that's why we've been thinking through the early church, because for them, it was a time of change and of flux and of uncertainty. It was a time of fear, and we see that as the years go on, the persecution that they faced as the early church. And so we continually ask ourselves the question as we read through these passages, what did they do? How did they think? How did they take what Jesus had told them and put it into action? How were they living in face of uncertainty and fear and worry and anxiety? You maybe heard the phrase new normal a lot recently because a lot of people don't want to go back to the normal that we had previously. Because they see that it was broken and it was flawed and it wasn't the way it should be. We see that from the creation uh, around us and the way it has reacted in these times. We see that from the things that have been happening in recent times. In the stories of good news and of hope in the midst of this pandemic. And we wonder what this new normal will look like, what the future will hold for us as we go into it. And for many, this idea of a new normal needs to be one that is filled with words of Jesus. And so we've been turning to the early church to see how they did that how they took these words of Jesus and put them into practice as their world changed around them, as everything for them changed, as their normal, their traditions, their ways of life, their jobs, their livelihoods, the way they lived and act, were completely transformed by what Jesus did. Not merely by the words that he spoke, but by his life and his death and his resurrection. It transformed everything for them, the new normal for them was hugely different. And so for us, as we think about ourselves within this pandemic and think about us as a church within this pandemic, we ask ourselves the question, what would we like to look like? What do we want to be as individuals and as a church as we move forward? And the Bible always has things to teach us in that. Maybe you found that hope and comfort and those words, those visions for your future in other parts. But we've been looking through the book of Acts and Malcolm and June are going to read that to us now for this morning. 
night. The next morning, Peter got up and went with them. Some of his friends from Joppa went along. A day later, they entered Caesarea. Cornelius was expecting them and had his relatives and close friends waiting with him. The minute Peter came through the door, Cornelius was up on his feet greeting him, and then down on his face worshipping him. Peter pulled him up and said, None of that. I'm a man, and only a man. No different from you. Talking things over, they went on into the house, where Cornelius introduced Peter to everyone who had come. Peter addressed them. You know, I'm sure this is highly irregular. Jews just don't do this. Visit and relax with people of another race. But God has shown me that no race is better than any other. So the minute I was sent for, I came. No questions asked. But now I'd like to know why you sent for me. So Cornelius said, Four days ago at about this time, mid-afternoon, I was home praying. Suddenly there was a man right in front of me, flooding the room with light. He said, Cornelius, your daily prayers and neighbourly acts have brought you to God's attention. I want you to send to Joppa to get Simon, the one they call Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, down by the sea. So I did it. I sent for you, and you've been good enough to come. And now we're all here in God's presence, ready to listen to whatever the Master put in your heart to tell us. Peter fairly exploded with his good news. It's God's own <laughs> truth. Nothing could be plainer. God plays no favourites. It makes no difference who you are or where you're from. If you want God and are ready to do as he says, the door is open. The message he sent to the children of Israel, that through Jesus Christ everything is being put together again, well, he's doing it everywhere, among everyone. You know the story of what happened in Judea. It began in Galilee after John preached a total life change. Then Jesus arrived from Nazareth anointed by God with the Holy Spirit, ready for action. He went through the country helping people and healing everyone who was beaten down by the devil. He was able to do all this because God was with him. And we saw it, saw it all. Everything he did in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, where they killed him, hung him from a cross, but in three days, God had him up alive and out where he could be seen. Not everyone saw him. He wasn't put in public display. Witnesses had been carefully handpicked by God beforehand. Us, we were the ones there to eat and drink with him after he came back from the dead. He commissioned us to announce this in public, to bear solemn witness that he is in fact the one whom God destined as judge of the living and dead. But we're not alone in this. A witness that he is the means to forgiveness of sins is backed up by the witness of all the prophets. No sooner were these words out of Peter's mouth than the Holy Spirit came on the listeners. The believing Jews who had come with Peter couldn't believe it couldn't believe that the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured on outsider Gentiles, but there it was. They heard them speaking in tongues, heard them praising God. Then Peter said, Do I hear any objections to baptising these friends with water? 
They received the Holy Spirit exactly as we did. Hearing no objections, he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay on for a few days. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Joan and Malcolm, for reading this passage, which is all about change, which is all about transformation, which is all about a new vision that Peter had for the future. Up until this point, he was still a good adherent Jew. He only ate certain kinds of foods. There were things that he would have avoided, things that he wouldn't have gone near. Bats was one of them. There were things that he stuck to, that his faith might have depended on in some ways, traditions or rituals that he would have gone through, rules and regulations and interpretations of those rules and regulations within the Jewish faith that would have shaped his way of living and being. And for him in this vision, it changed everything. What went on for him from then on was a new normal. Something had been opened up before his very eyes. This idea of a vision, it's it's almost in the the mind's eye, we're told that he went to pray and in his state, this vision, God speaks to him in a very clear and a very plain way where he's told to go, he's told to kill and to eat, to go to this house And to see the way God has this new normal. To see the future that lies ahead, not only for Peter, but for all people. And a lot of, not only the book of Acts, but a lot of the New Testament, a lot of church history has changed in this moment. Because until then, the apostles were still very much in their Jewish customs, their Jewish rituals and regulations. They obeyed the Jewish feasts. They did what good Jews would have done. But this is the point which changes everything. And again, it's not something Peter looked for or Peter wanted or desired. It was something that was forced upon him by God. And in those moments, he had a choice to make as to what his new normal, what his future would look like. He could have ignored. He could have gone back to the comfortable He could have settled, but he followed the hand of God. He followed God's vision because he had been taught by Jesus to do that. And he was empowered by the Holy Spirit to go. And what we see is that new normal. That new normal that brings all people to God. That allows the Gentile in that allows space for that to happen which hadn't happened previously. The space which was a new way of living and being. And for us as, as individuals, as his church, we have to ask ourselves in the midst of this pandemic, in the midst of this lockdown, what does God want us to be? What is he trying to teach us in these times. What new normal is he looking us to move towards? Because it's not back to the safe. 
It's not back to the way it always was. It's not back to the same rituals and the same traditions and the same way of being that we had before. It's not back to that. It's into something greater and something better. That is the hope for the world around us. In the midst of grief, in the midst of struggle, in the midst of fear, in the midst of anxiety and worry, in the midst of all that overcomes us, in the midst of this pandemic. The words and the hope and the vision that Peter received still runs true for us. It might not be in terms of food regulations and those who are welcome. But it might be about stepping out of our comfort zone, of crossing that threshold to somewhere we haven't been before, of speaking to that person, of going that distance, of opening our doors, of welcoming in, of new rituals, of new traditions, of new ways of living and being which draw us into God. Peter was transformed in that moment. But so was that whole family. So were all the people that were gathered there that day. They were all transformed. And so was the early church. A lot of the rest of the book of Acts doesn't follow Peter, but follows Paul. We talked about him last week and his conversion as Saul to Paul. And it follows how he goes as a missionary to the Gentiles, to us, to those non-Jews who aren't part of God's chosen people, but who are grafted into God's chosen people. We are part of what was Peter's new normal. Who can be part of ours today? As God calls us, as he has shown us through Jesus, as he empowers us by his Holy Spirit. And we'll do what Peter did that day as he prepared himself, not just for that occasion, it's not as if he knew it was coming up, but each and every day and the disciplines he had in the way he lived, in the way he devoted himself to prayer. Let's devote ourselves to prayer now also. Heavenly Father, we thank you that as we gather as your church, whether it's alone or whether it's in a family setting, whether it's at home or whether it's listening as we go about our daily business or work or our leisure, we thank you that we are your church, grafted into the church that has been for centuries. And we thank you that this story we thought about this morning is the point at which we began to be grafted in. Because Peter's new normal, Peter's future ultimately changed in these moments. And so did ours. He was transformed, those people were transformed, and we have been transformed 
in those moments, as he devoted himself to prayer, as he followed your guidance and your hand, as he took upon himself all that Jesus had taught him, all that he had learnt and seen in him, and all that the Holy Spirit was still to do in him. And as we think about our new normal which lies ahead and the future of whatever this pandemic might be, of whatever restrictions might be lifted and whatever way all of those things will happen, we thank you that as the local church, we are the hope for this world because our vision, our future, the reality of what will be and, and what will come is rooted in you, in your guiding hand, in your love for us which was shown by Jesus' life and death upon the cross and his resurrection life and known to us through the Holy Spirit. We ask, Lord, today that you make it known to us and we begin to see the future of all that lies ahead with excitement, with joy, and we can be those people of excitement and joy in the midst of all that we face at this time. Speak to us this day, Lord. Make yourself known to us and guide us, we pray. For you are our vision. You are our hope. You are before us, leading and guiding us. And so we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to sing that well-known song to close. You are my vision. Oh,
services are pre-recorded and so we weren't able to do this before today but at the end of today's service we wanted to tell you give you a, a special announcement about our family. Elijah James Fraser arrived on Tuesday at 9.55 weighing a massive 8 pound 11 ounces and here he is. And as you can tell Caleb's very excited about it all as well aren't you? Are you excited about your brother? Yes, he's just got a little bit camera shy when he doesn't have a guitar in his hands. Everyone is doing well and we thank you for all your thoughts and your prayers during this time and we hope to see you all in person again. But as we close this service together, we say the grace, for the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen. Get that silver off, please.